love me when I'm in it. And she never be pretending. Nothing is friend. She gon' tell you what she bought it. Cause she know you can't afford it. No, you can get it. Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome to the eSpot with Camille. I am so excited for you guys to meet my guest today. She has worked on so many different campaigns, is so innovative in the fact that she launched the Food Network. Like, just imagine that conversation, what that pitch might have been like. I want to start a channel just about food and people cooking. I'm sure there were some challenges there. So I cannot wait for to meet her. Jackie Stone, she is the Chief Marketing Officer for LiveX Live and so much more. I'm so excited to have you in today. Thank you so much, Jackie, for joining the eSpot today. Thank you for having me. This is it's, wonderful. It's my pleasure. I have to give a big shout out to Gene Barlez for introducing us, for giving that introduction. He never <laughs> <the> points. <laughs> That's right. So I, let's just start from the beginning. Like, How did you get started in marketing or even with um, entertainment? So it's a great question. Um, I'll shorten the story because we could be here for, you know, a long time. I hope everybody has a nice happy hour cocktail with them. Uh, so I originally was in finance and it was just not for me for a number of different reasons. And I was at University of Miami and I was lucky enough to be able to work these sports events and these arts events. And I said, I cannot believe people get paid to do event marketing. And at that point, I changed uh, my master's degree. Undergrad was finance, grad was um, in marketing. And I completely changed my degree. And I decided I wanted to go into sports marketing. So I came back to New York City. Um, it was February 1991. The job market was terrible, similar to the time what we're in right now. And I answered a little ad. There was no internet back then that said sports marketing call. And I called the number and they said Madison Square Garden and I hung up. I was like, I must have dialed wrong. Madison Square Garden, I hung up again. <laughs> and then finally I was like, hello. They're like, hi. I'm like, I'm calling to see if there's a job opportunity that I saw in the New York Times. And it was selling women's indoor tennis uh, at the time for the Virginia Slims Championships. So I'm clearly dating myself. Because smoking and, about and those, the Virginia Slims championship yeah. and everything. Oh, wow. So I uh, sold women's indoor tennis box seats back in 1995. I got recruited over to the Hamlet Cup tennis tournament, which was an ATP men's professional sanctioned tennis tournament with Michael Chang and Peter Sampras and all the, the ones that we know and love. And I did that for three years, selling sponsorships and selling integrated marketing packages. And I used to speak uh, all over the country about how do you, you know, create interesting marketing packages? How do you do different kinds of sponsorships? And a gentleman came up to me and he said, one day you're going to work for me. And I laughed. I said, I'm going to put your card in the same pile of all the guys that tell me one day they're going to call me for a date. And he thought that that was really funny. I was really serious, of course. And he called and he said, I want you to come meet my business partners. And one of the business partners was Adam Curry. So if anybody knows who Adam Curry is, he was the first MTV VJ. And he said, we're going to be doing cross marketing. Um, and at the time we didn't really know what it was, but he said, Adam has a, what they call the World Wide web. 
and he's got a website called metaverse.com. And we're going to build these um, websites for brands on the world wide web. And that's how I got started. And that was back in 1995. And it was the very beginning. And from there, you know, it was we dealt with entertainment companies, and we dealt with sports and big brands. And one of the brands that we launched at the time was Food Network. And so we launched the Food Network. And that was food. And so I've always stayed in sports, entertainment, food, technology, just because that's really where my love has always been. Now, that's so fascinating that you went from like event marketing and traveling around the world because a lot of um, actors, I feel like we all get into entertainment um, marketing because I worked like Smirnoff ads, different commercials. I did the Pepsi, uh, the Pepsi, um, it was Pepsi versus Coke. I can't think of what it was called because Pepsi didn't win. Um, yeah. that one, but <laughs> we did all these different <laughs> events and it was a lot of fun, but at the same time, it was a lot of traveling. That's fascinating that that that's how it all started for yeah. you. And then now look at you with Miss Live X and so many other things. Now, when you first launched Food Network, I mean, I just find that that was probably, I mean, now everybody loves the Food Network. Right. I just imagine that had to have some challenges with it. Can you, can oh, you remember for any sure. of those or like were you laughing out the room the first time you brought it up or how did that go? So it was started by a gentleman, uh, Reese Schoenfeld. And, uh, we were in the, I remember very clearly we were in the, you know, there was no money at the time because when you're launching, you know, everything's done on a scrappy kind of budget. And we were sitting around and the projections were to be 10 years profitable. And I would tell people what we were doing or we would go out and we'd pitch back at the day. It was called uh, multi-system operators, which are like your Time Warner, your, you know, your Cablevision, RCN. And we'd pitch them like, okay, imagine this, 24 hours of Julia Child type food. And everyone's like, no one's going to want to watch 24 hours of food. What's wrong with you? And we were like, no, 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 it's going to be great. And the only talent we had at the time, Bobby Flay was there, but nobody really knew Bobby. Uh, He had, you know, um, Bill Boggs. We had uh, David Rosengarten. We had um, Sarah Moulton. But the real big talent was Robin Leach. Oh, from Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous. I love him. Yeah, Champagne Life. What is it? It was a Champagne Dreams. Dreams and Caviar Wishes. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> oh, I loved him. So it's yeah. um, it was great. It was you know that's how we launched, and you know everybody knows the history. I mean, we were <laughs> the first promotion we did to get people excited. We had to think of a promotion that didn't have a lot of costs associated with it. So we were like, okay, we were brainstorming. And one of the things that we said is everybody has like, you know, a midnight snack. And I was like, this is perfect. I was like, we'll do the ultimate midnight snack. The only prop I need is a bathrobe. I still have that bathrobe. I oh, should wow. brought it for you. Um, and it, at the time it was TV Food Network and the logo was red and black. And it had the dome, if anybody remembers that. And it, we did the first commercial. And Robin Leach was my star and my celebrity. And he opened up the fridge and he turned to the camera and he's like, Ev-, in his accent, which I can't do, everyone has an ultimate midnight snack. Tell us yours. And literally, my production budget was the robe and Robin, who gave his time for free because he was also one of the investors. And it was just, I mean, it was those days were an amazing. 
and very different. Emerald, we had Emerald Lagasse. Nobody really knew who Emerald was at the time. Mm -hmm. And we went down and we filmed the ultimate picnic with Emerald. And we went down to his restaurant and it was all of the folks from the Food Network and the, the agency, which we were. And there, he, he and his mom cooked for us and they cooked 19 courses. And I said to the woman who was sitting wait, to the right of me. Wait, 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 19 courses? 19. I've heard of five, but I've never heard of 19. Wow. And all by Emerald Lagasse. What yep. a treat. <laughs> so I said to the woman next to me at the table, I was like, don't leave. <laughs> and I literally was like passing her the food to taste because I mean, 19 courses, how much can you eat? But it was wonderful. We had a great time. Now I have to ask, cause he's known for his catchphrase, bam. Did it, yep. Is that where, was it created for the show or was it something that he already so, did? No, bam came after and bam was natural for sure. Okay. And that was his uh, personality. Yeah. Uh, we had Mario Batali at the time. I mean, all of all, a lot of what you see was all um, those hosts were who they were. There was no scripting. It was just mm -hmm. what came naturally. And if you think about it, food on TV is really hard. Uh, and most chefs behind are in the back of the house and are super creative. But the personality sometimes doesn't always match for TV, and you know this. I mean, oh, yeah. you're I'm right. Your your history has been, you know, in front of the camera, um, and it's a different skill set. So what you could do in the kitchen and what you could do to TV is always a little bit different. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's why Guy Fieri does so well when he won, you know, the next Food Network star. Um, is he has it. He has the talent in the kitchen and he has the talent for the camera, but it's not always easy. No, I can imagine. So I would, since you brought it up, what do you think are some of the best traits for a good host? I mean, obviously being natural and just being themselves because it translates so well on camera, but there are, are there any other right. things that you were looking for different talents when you, with all the different things that you've done, has there ever been like, ah, that's, those are the it factors I'm looking for. I think you have to be witty. And I think you have to be timely and witty and timely because you never know what your guest is going to say or do. Uh, and I think you have to have a good research background so that way you can dive in and have questions ready always or a point of view ready. So that way, when that time arises where either the person's going astray or they're right on, that you could jump in with them and you have the ability to take what they're doing and keep moving it forward. So improv lessons. Yes, improv. <laughs> That's a great way to say it. I am not good. Yeah, go ahead. I said, I'm not good at improv, but. It takes practice. It definitely takes practice, I would say, with that. You just have to keep, because each person is so different that even if right. you are good at improv, you could get with someone who doesn't know how to follow you with improv, and then you're like, oh, I'm stuck. That's right. So I can get that. Now. Tell us a little bit about your new position because now you're with LiveX Live and this is brand new as of February. So what is, I mean, I guess you haven't had a very long time to really see the differences of how your work would be being um, before Corona as it is after Corona because I feel like you probably have been working more post-Corona than pre-Corona with them. So how is your, well, actually, yeah. So actually I've been, um, the CEO is a dear friend of mine that I've known my whole life. And oh, wow. so when he started, it's actually live by live, the X, like South by Southwest, the X Got is it. a by. And so 
No, no problem. Everybody gets it. Uh, part of the marketing challenge. And so, you know, when he started the company, I came on as a marketing advisor. Last year, I came on as a consultant. And then this year, I came on as full time. So I've been with the company since the inception, and I've watched it grow from literally an idea in somebody's mind to where we are today. And so we're an end-to-end music platform that has everything from audio to video. We just bought a podcast company, which is great. Podcast one, Uh, right? Yeah, that's right. And so what's really unique is our audio platform with Slacker Radio, if you guys remember Mm -hmm. Slacker. And so Slacker has a huge loyal following. And what's great is the curation behind Slacker. And I don't know if you saw the news today, but we were named one of the um, top 10 online music streaming services. And thank you. I didn't see that today, no. And it was all from PC Magazine. And one of the great parts about it was it really helped, um, it focused us and named us the best curated. And we do have the best curation. So we curate audio, we curate video, um, we do live video, we do video on demand, we have our own franchises, everything from Live by Live Presents to Music Lives, which was a couple of weeks ago, which now is a weekly franchise. Um, And we also have the ability to stream um, at whether it's at an event or now online in what we call Live Zone. So think about it as the world of ESPN, sports zone meets music. And so as the artists are coming on or off the stage or after they perform, they sit down with somebody like yourself and they have a conversation about you know the music, what's moving them right now, their lifestyle, other positions that they like. So everything from music to food, to sports, to culture, to travel. Um, but you did bring up a good point and COVID has changed. We actually propelled ourselves because uh, what happened with COVID is when the, the music literally stopped at the end of March and there was no tours and there was no live events and there was no way for fans to connect with artists and artists to connect with fans, live streaming became such a crucial part of that lifestyle and of the fan base and really of the artists and they don't make money unless they're out touring. So we put together a whole platform that allows the artists to connect with the fans and the fans to connect with the artists. And last week we launched pay-per-view that allows us to have a revenue stream and we'll have many more revenue streams for the artists going forward. And you guys are doing this um, like live events every Friday. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Because I saw something where I missed this one, but it was, you had like Oprah and a lot of other people involved as well. It wasn't just musicians. Yeah. Can you share more about that as well? Sure. So uh, Music Lives, we launched. So right when COVID hit, we started doing Live by Live Presents. And that allows us to bring in, you know, an artist from their home, from their living room, from their rooftop, from their backyard. It's really remarkable at how creative people have gotten and how creative artists have gotten. Uh, and really to unify everybody, right? Music is a unifying. Everybody, like if I say music, I guarantee you everyone had a song pop up in their head. Their heart just jumped. Um, there's something that is emotional. It, it really hits your soul more so than anything else. I would say, and that's why I think food and music for me are a good counterpart because they both really hit who you are in your stomach and in your heart. Uh, so we started Music Lives um, 
which was actually 51 hours and 22 minutes of live music. And from that notion, the reaction that we saw and the fact that the fans from all over the world and it was everything from emerging artists and baby bands to really well-known, the fact that people took to it so much, we were like, there's something here. During that weekend, we also partnered with Global Citizen uh, and we streamed Global Citizen through the Live by Live platform. And what happened is we became known as the platform to bring your stream to. So the call to unite was with Oprah, um, which was wonderful. And we had an, an incredible platform for that 48 hours. We've since have done Dreamland and the Global Dance Festival and all of those with the notion of that there's a charity underneath. And now is really the time to give back, right? Giving back is such a big part of where we are today. Um, so Music Lives gave to, was the charity was Music Cares. The Unite, um, which you saw with Oprah, they had also um, different charities that were um, underneath them. Global Citizen had the, uh, the WHO. Okay. And so each and every time we're looking for ways to help the community at large. And I think that's so important right now that so many different companies do have that social change initiative part of their marketing program or campaigns right now. And what other tips do you think is important for since COVID-19, that marketing or even just with businesses, that's something they should definitely try to encourage, just like you mentioned, music cares and so on being involved in that. What other options or what other things do you think is important that people put as part of their marketing plan moving forward? Yeah, you know, I would say that right now you have to look at your customer base and see what they really need and what they really need. And I would, there's so many interesting times that you can get real feedback from your customers. And I think now is one of those times that you could reach out and say, what do you need? We're here to help. And it might not always be the obvious. Right. It might not be a payment reduction. It might not be um, more product. Sometimes it could be the connection. Sometimes they need to know that you have a, a charity that's important to you and they want to help support it. Sometimes it can be connecting them with other customers. But I think really going out to the customer base and asking the customer base, what do you need now? Um, rather than coming from a place of here's what we're doing. Here's us. Like we realize fans and bands need to connect. And that was really important. They lost that connection. If you're, you know, going out and listening to new music, if you were going out and seeing your favorite local band, so much of our life is around music. You go to a restaurant, it's the music. You come home, it's the music. So we realized connecting fans and bands was the most important thing. Um, so we went out and did it. So I think you need to find out from your customers, what do you need and how do you help fill that? That's a great point. Now you have the reputation of having the ability to create compelling marketing programs and partnerships that fuel customers' acquisitions that are invaluable to connect bands, brands, and fans, and everyone else. Yeah. What advice would you give for many of us who are now working from home for the first time, or maybe decided themselves to start their own podcasts or live streamings? What are some of your advice for marketing in this new age? So if you're starting anything, uh, unfortunately, you won't like to hear this, but it's 24-7, okay. 365. Um, and there's 
always an opportunity, 100% of the time. Every time that you connect, every time that you can reach out, um, you have to. And I would say that while everybody's sitting at home, now is a good time to reach out because you know you have a captive audience. Sure. The country is starting to open up for sure. Um, so we'll, we'll start to see another phase of this. I don't think live events will come back until the very last phase of opening up, which is probably in 21. Uh, but I do think that you need to think about your personal brand. And the one thing that I've learned, and I'm actually, I, since I'm a little girl, I used to sit at the dinner table with my parents and my brother. And my father would come home from work at seven o'clock and we'd sit at dinner at 7.10. And I just remember, you know, he did everything on a handshake and he always said, the only thing you have is your reputation. And I would go into the city and see my dad uh, at the, his office, which was in the Empire State Building. And I didn't go to the top of the Empire oh. State Building till college, okay. right? Like when it's right there, you never do it. Yeah, and yeah. <laughs> it's like right there. And I was like, oh, I'll always go later. Anyway, yeah. so he always said to me, you only have your reputation. And that's like the one thing nobody can ever take away from you. And so I think being, you know, protecting your reputation and doing what you say and say what you do and, just always be out there with who you really are. And it doesn't matter if you're not like somebody else, it's you that matters the most and how you treat people is how you're going to get treated back. So I think that's really important. Um, and always giving, uh, I'm a big giver. I like to give, I like to help. Um, I think that's super important in any type of business. I think those are great tips, especially for a lot of people who might be recent graduates as well that are just now maybe entering the workforce or at least in their career. And I'm sure you received a lot of great advice from your father since he's also a businessman. Um, was there anything that you've gotten over the years that were just such great information that you wish every young person entering the work for, ugh, workforce would get this information firsthand? Like maybe any pitfalls to avoid or just great yep. advice that they should definitely use getting started so use the phone <laughs> use the phone make phone calls i feel like this generation is like i sent an email mm -hmm. and i'm like no 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 no. you have to connect there's such a, a true yeah. connection right like even what you're doing right now um you know you've turned a situation where you used to be in studio and on stage and now you're live streaming and you're connecting people in a live scenario. And I think that whole portion of live is still so important. And voice, and voice is very important. You lose tone in email, you lose tone in text. And so my one advice for this graduating class is learn how to pick up the phone, make phone calls. If you don't hear back, call back. There's a lot of reasons why people don't call back. They might have not gotten a message. The network is busy. They're busy. But I really think that you can be um, properly aggressive where it's not annoying that you, con you, know, you, you reach out and you say, when can we have a conversation and follow it up in email rather than start an email and go to phone. That's a great point. I love, love, love phone calls, but I'm always 
using emails because I just feel like it's quicker for people to get to. But recently with every company that you've ever given your email address, sending you messages about, yes, we're here for you in COVID-19. It's like the regular emails are getting dropped. Like just, I can't even keep up. Like everybody's on my VIP. That's a real person now, just so I can keep an See, eye on them instead of Gap and Old Navy and <laughs> all the other emails. That's right. Now. So I'm glad to know that phone calls are appreciated still because more people will be getting phone calls for me. <laughs> I, <laughs> I love a phone call. Oh, me too. I mean, well, A, I'm also dyslexic. So typing letters takes me forever, but that just gives me one more reason to call people. That's right. So I also was curious because I saw that you used to do or you used to own a company called Jackie's Jobs, which was yep. about influencers. And influencers, I think, have changed so much over the past couple of years. What is, I mean, from when you started your company as of now, what do you think will be um, the important things that influencers will need to have in order to stay marketable in order to, because now everybody can be an influencer because we're all home with our cameras and internet access and so on. So, and even being miniature influencers compared to macro and so on, what do you think are, um, how that's going to go or what even suggestions do you have for people who are interested in, um, getting into the influencer field? Yeah. So I'll talk about it from also being uh, in my job, right? From a CMO perspective. Uh, so I think it's all about the engagement number. So I would rather have an influencer that has a hundred followers and 90% of them are engaged than to have somebody that has a million followers and only have, you know, a thousand engaged. Because that means that I'm as on the marketing side, I'm paying you for the follower list as opposed to the engagement. And that's changing now in the industry. But engagement is really what drives the success of an influencer. Because if you have a million followers and nobody does anything and they don't buy the product or they don't go to the website or they don't take your advice, then you're really talking to an empty shell. Right. So you have to get the proper followers to be part of your world and your influence. That's super, super uh, important. I think that there's a lot of influencers, um, you know, that do well and their, their loyalty of their followers are so important to them. And you can see it vice versa. Like if you've ever looked at somebody on Instagram, Facebook, even TikTok, and you'll see the number is really large, but you'll see no comments. That to me is usually a flag. I would, I would agree with that. Or you start noticing that a lot of their followers are fake yeah. as well. Then you're like, wait, this doesn't add up. How do you have 20,000 followers, but only 20 likes on your pictures? That's um, right. You know, That's I think also that Instagram has changed a lot where they don't want you to get a lot of organic um, followers anymore as well, which is also an issue. But needless yep. to say, if they're not ever commenting or liking, there's probably something to that. That's true. So what is your predictions as with everything changing so much? What are some of your predictions when it comes to the future of live streaming and even podcasting now, since you guys are um, now with podcast one as well? Yeah. So it's here to stay. I think we've seen a seismic shift in what it means. Um, there's a couple of things that have happened. So now what's happened is you can be in one spot, you can stream to many. 
Um, so for example, if you're a superstar and you sell out Madison Square Garden, that has a limited number of seats, but you can then sell out that arena and you can then have an extension to that, to the being a live stream. So you went from thousands, maybe to millions, or you went from hundreds to thousands. I think that's one big piece of it is the extension piece. I think the other is that if you look at the emerging and the baby bands, now they have a voice like they've never had before. So I could go play on my local pub, I can play at my local cabaret, mm -hmm. and I was seeing 30 to 40 guests come in and it, for me to build, it was taking a little more time. Whereas now with live streaming, and I think every venue will eventually have live streaming. And I think the notion of having live streaming and how it's done, <clears throat> excuse me, in a correct environment will be another big piece that you'll see that'll change. It's not just putting a camera and saying, okay, go perform and it's one angle. I think it's multi-angle. I think the engagement online will change. So I think chat will be one nice piece of it. But I think you'll start to see a whole bunch of other social engagements that we're building into Live by Live as well. And I think last but not least, um, I think people will stay home. I think the enjoyment factor is here to stay. I don't think you know rushing out will be an issue anymore. I think you'll be able to have top quality content and top quality live content through all of your devices, whether that's your phone, your computer, your TV. Um, TVs are smart now. Right. Actually, I just saw Jerry, I don't know if anybody saw the Jerry Seinfeld on, um, I think it was 60 Minutes when he was like, TVs are smart, why are we not smart? I thought that was so funny. Um, but, you know, and even in cars, yeah. And even in cars, um, we're the music in Tesla. And so, um, yeah, so I think, you know, the, when automated cars come and then we have those big screens, there'll be the ability to have live content. And I think you're gonna start to see super creative people getting into the space and seeing how it's done. And it's not just a one-way camera. I know I was thinking when I was writing this question, I was curious if there was ever gonna be like a virtual reality piece to it, where you almost feel like you're right there, you get all the enjoyments without all the expensive yep. <laughs> drinks and parking. And I mean, cause I love taking my daughter to concerts and so on, but when you get there and after you spend all the money and going all like up and down the stairs to go to consignment or not consignment, um, concession, concession, I'm like consignment is where I take my clothes um, <laughs> concessions and so on. Like those different things, they start adding up and um, yeah. one year cause Ariana Grande is her favorite singer. So when she was at Coachella, I woke up at, three o'clock in the morning or one o'clock in the morning and just press record um, screen record on my iPhone so we could watch it together later. But it was, I mean, it was completely different than when Beyonce did her Coachella event where there was all these different cameras and angles. And it was mainly just one angle on Ariana Grande and it was very dark, like you couldn't really see, but it was perfect for listening. So I'm excited about the idea of it being more like a concert where you feel like you're right yep. there with it because I've gotten spoiled by all the people going live on Instagram where I don't have to get dressed and get ready to go anywhere anymore. It's like, and being a mom too, it's like, I can still have all the fun and not even have to leave my house. Like I would never be able to go to some of these or they don't even perform in North Carolina sometimes. Um, I don't know if you yeah. remember, but we had an HB2 law 
not that long ago and a lot of different performers like just stop performing here they're starting to come back well not anymore but they were starting right. to come back so it was a lot of different like how do i get my live music fixed how do i get my live music fixed so i'm loving all this live and just making it yeah. easier access for those of us who don't live in the big markets that wouldn't get the big shows as well or even in i guess more rural areas where they're not even remotely close to these opportunities so i'm really excited about all that could be coming our way that's why i had to ask for my own person yeah <laughs> no, and you're 100 percent right i think the next version of it will and we are looking um and we are building the virtual reality the augmented reality so actually when we did music lives uh facebook oculus was a sponsor and if you had the oculus glasses you went into music lives and it looked like you were sitting in a stadium with other people and you were watching the actual show so it was super cool yeah it, you know i don't have you know i know a lot of people that don't have the oculus so there know. are there are ways that it's coming about mm -hmm. um that you can have these environments that are as if you were walking through them and you were really there it's just incredible what's happening. So we're building some of that too, because um, I think that's important uh, to have those experiences as you're online or live. Yeah, that's so neat. I'm glad to know that's coming down the pipeline. Now, is there anything from your experience from working in all these different um, fields and different, like just being so innovative with all the different, um, whether it's companies or um, TV shows or different things, and even the Daily Meal doing all those different things. Like it feels like he did a lot of that before it became popular. Even with like the Daily Meal, I feel like that has been one of the first kind of blogs in a way. Is there anything since you're you always have these great ideas that we need to go ahead and get our stocks on, <laughs> or maybe start looking at? Because I'm like everybody, go ahead and start looking into smart glasses because <laughs> they're getting ready to skyrocket. <laughs> virtual reality is an option through them as well yeah so, so mm -hmm. I, I i don't like to give stock tips <laughs> well maybe not stock tips yeah that but um you know i think one and i was a finance major so i could help oh, a little okay. bit but i think you know the way of the world um is going to be through connection and i would look at things that are going to keep us connected in a much more real way so we've all had cameras on our computer for a long time. Uh, I would say probably people didn't use them like we're using them today. Um, I would say, you know, if you look at the way in which people are connecting around the world, um, is is one of the insights into saying, okay, what's what's going to be next, and that connection piece is going to be next, and. Um, I just saw also, did you see how Faroe Islands are doing the tours now? So you should look at, so Google this. Yeah. So Faroe Islands, it's F-A-R-O-E, Faroe Islands. They are having tour guides and you can remote control the tour guide around the island. So you say, okay, I want to go see, I want to go on a hike. And the guide is a real human who has, in their ear they're hearing your controls and you can make the tour guide jump you can make the tour guide run the tour guide will talk to you and say i really think we should go left because there's a beautiful scenery here or i think you would really like this 
house over here. And you can say, thanks, but no, I want to go the other way. That to me, the fact that we've now uncovered discovery. So anything that has discovery will be a very big piece of what we do moving forward. Because like you said, you don't have to get dressed. You don't have to leave the house. You don't need the expenses. All of this discovery will be coming in a very big way. And I think we'll discover and how we intersect with um, friends. So I can invite all of you to my Friday night concert and we'll have this little um, atmosphere of just my friends. And it won't just be in um, text, it'll also be in a visual. So I think discovery and connection will is here to stay for a very, very long time. Um, Netflix parties or watch yep. parties on Facebook for that matter. Yep. So what? And I think you'll see the next generation of it. Um, and I also think uh, people are not going to take risks. I think we're going to remove the risks um, from as much of the society as we can. I think risk right now is going to be too scary for too many people. I can understand that. Now, I just want to make sure I go through because there are some questions in the comments. And, okay. Oh, well, Eugene has his scotch in front of him, so he's ready. <laughs> <laughs> and he also mentions, I, I now understand where her attachment to pictures of food come from. There so you he, go. He's curious. So what is your favorite snack then and now? Oh, God. So then... Well, I'll go as my childhood. So my favorite thing when I was a kid was either yodels, which I don't know if anybody remembers yodels. <laughs> they were like these little hostess cakes. They like, it was chocolate, then a cake, then some, I don't something in the inside. I guess it was a cream. Uh, that was my unhealthy snack. I've always loved any, any believe it or not, any steamed vegetable. Um, and I loved it as a snack and I still love it as a snack. I know people think I'm crazy. I love bird's eye, like frozen broccoli and you just steam it up and you put a little olive oil and Parmesan. It's amazing. Um, but now I would, I would say snack now is probably guacamole mm. <laughs> as a snack. Holy guacamole. It's the best. I, I love my guac <laughs> Me too. As, as a snack for sure. And then obviously wine and tequila, if they considered snacks. I mean, liquid snacks. He didn't. He liquid. Didn't give, yeah, he didn't give an option. He didn't say what option. But I mean, and I'll have to go back because of since you worked the Food Network, you worked Daily Meal. What are some of your favorite meals that you like to eat? Because you've eaten oh, from the best of the best too. That's a really hard or cuisine. Then. Well, maybe cuisine. Is there a certain cuisine you like more than the other? Or is this as long as so, someone else. Yeah, no, I mean, I've been very fortunate. Um, I've had some of the world's best chefs, uh, you know, cook with me and for me, and I've dined at their restaurants. Um, so here's how I decide, I'll give my tip on this. Here's how I decide if a restaurant is good, regardless of price point, because price does not necessarily mean the best. Right. So for me, it's if I have a dish that I absolutely love, and go home and crave the day after and the day after that and the day after that. And I can always remember the taste, the scenery, the lighting, the smell. That to me is how I determine the best. Okay. Um, and so I've had some incredible, unbelievable, what I would call bites. Mm. 
in my life that have been, um, you know, from a local casual place that, you know, is like a, a diner and or like Guy Fieri or Triple D. Um, and then I've had some really good ones at, you know, high end restaurants. But the, that to me is when I crave something and I can't wait to have it again, that's when it's the best. Okay. But so let's just say that all things are back to normal. You can go to your fate. You got to go to your favorite restaurant, but you can only pick one place to go. What kind of food would that be? Like you can only pick one. I'm going to make, make a decision on this. Right now I would either pick uh, a steakhouse or French food. Oh, I love a good steak. Okay. I, yeah. I need to get There's nothing steak. like, and you know what? Here's the thing about steakhouse is their ovens are just at such a high temperature, no matter how hard you try at home, unless you have a professional oven. I do not have a professional oven. But if you, like the way that they could cook that steak is just so different than we can cook it here. I mean, I have a cast iron and I've tried all, but there's still something about it. And just the way it comes out, perfect on, charred on the outside, juicy on the inside. Mm. So and I love a baked potato. We were, I know. Um, it's funny. For Mother's Day, that's what I asked for. Mother's Day was a steak dinner for my husband. He's really good on the grill. And we always get it from the same place, our steaks. I went there this weekend and they're sold out. Like they're not, because of the meat shortage, <gasps> they didn't have any oh. steak. Not a New York strip, not a ribeye, nothing. Only like um, oh, God. some beef loin or something. I don't even, don't correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it was called no, beef no. loin. Okay. <laughs> and I was just like, <laughs> yeah i guess we're gonna have salmon <laughs> like i didn't even know what to do and he was like you should have got the lamb chops i'm like i didn't know if you knew how to cook that and i don't bring my phone in with me anymore because the less right. stuff you touch right so but i'll know for next weekend maybe i'll try to get um lamb there you chops. go <laughs> so um all right i got some more up oh, just more people confirming about the personal connection how, so making a phone call, how it makes all the difference. So I was looks that up. Um, and it builds a legit relationship. You go aha at the networking event because there is that personal connection. It's not just an email. It's an actual someone no. you made the connection with. And then Jean mentioned, I used a virtual guide to see some caverns that I can't go into, which is someplace that Jackie would like to go, but hasn't yet. Drake's yodel cream. Oh, okay. Oh, those are my yodels. <laughs> no, yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, from Jake's, um, not Hostess. Oh, oh God. okay. Yeah, I don't. I mean, maybe it's um a regional thing. I don't think I have heard of those, but I don't, I don't think they make them anymore. Okay, but they were great. If anybody is listening and you're on the Drake team, please bring back yodels. <laughs> don't right. send them to me either. I don't need to eat them. I don't need a quarantine fifteen. <laughs> Oh, it's more like the quarantine 19 is what they're saying. <laughs> now, has well, there been something that you're cooking a lot of during this time? Because again, you're kind of the expert on food. Yeah. Way. So, you know, it's funny because I wasn't really always a major cook. It, it People in food are either diners and they go out to eat and they love that scene or they stay at, I mean, there are people that cross over, but you'll find right. people mostly are, oh, I love to stay home and cook or, oh, I love to go out. I was more of the, I love to go out, especially living in New York City. Oh, yeah, of course. There's a lot of great food in New York City. There's great food. Uh, you know, I will tell you, my I the food scene has changed so much in the world, where New York used to be the hub, and now I feel like there's so many other cities, even small cities that are, are hubs. And I think, you know, speaking of what's going to change after COVID, 
Um, I do think that what you're going to see is a lot of great chefs leave New York City for less expensive because it's too expensive here right now and go to smaller towns and you, these smaller places. And I don't I mean, like just outside of New York City and all over the country, but out of the cities will have these unbelievable, um, you know, chefs coming into their local and it will be phenomenal. So what have I been doing? I've been cooking a ton. Um, New York City ha happens to have restaurants that are delivering. So we order from two of our favorite restaurants. One is Shea Nick on York and 92nd, and the other is 83 and a half, which is on 83rd between 2nd and 3rd. So any New Yorkers, I highly recommend I them. Near there. Well, 76 and 3rd. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, but what I've been cooking, I have a Ninja Foodie. So I've been doing a lot of stuff in my Ninja Foodie, pork chops, steaks, uh, a ton of chicken. And what I've been doing unbelievably is making homemade chicken soup. And I guess it's a comfort food, yeah. but it's, I've been doing a ton of uh, chicken soup. Now, I'm just going to step back for a minute. Is the Ninja Foodie like an air fryer or something different? I don't know if I'm familiar with it. Ah, this will change your world. And I'm not an endorser and I'm not a, I don't have anything to do with the company. So it's basically eight in one. So it's an air fryer, it's a pressure cooker. It is a dehydrator, it is saute, it's bake. It makes yogurt. I didn't have, I haven't tried the yogurt yet, but it's just so easy because you could throw everything in all at once and it just cooks it. Oh, I see that here. You can do smoothies and everything with it. No, Nin no, no there's a couple of, you want to do, it's Ninja and then Foodie, F-O-O-D-I. And what I would suggest is get the eight quart. I think they're on sale right now. There's 20% off at Bed Bath & Beyond and some other places. Um, but it is, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> might as well. Yeah. Right. Yeah. COVID all about the discounts. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I found the link for it. So I'll make sure I put that in the comments in case anybody else wants to look them up. That's yeah. pretty neat. It's great. I highly recommend it. My air fryer has changed our life because I, I didn't grow up cooking a lot because my parents were vegetarian. And so it's like you steamed one vegetable, you steamed it all. Right. So you were saying about steamed vegetables, like that's one thing I can do. <laughs> <laughs> like I never really grew up cooking meat and so on. And so, um, when I, when I try to cook now for my family, it's hit or miss because <laughs> I was one of those that was more of a diner as an only, I mean, being single, it's just cheaper and easier to just have somebody that's a professional cook for you than you to of ruin course. all of your dishes for nothing. <laughs> but now I highly, get the Ninja Foodie, you're going to love it. Uh, why didn't I know this before? Mother? Oh, no, I'm, I'm kind of happy with my Mother's Day presents. It's a ring light <laughs> in my microphone. <laughs> Upgrading my, um, my, um my workforce. So. Oh, there you go. Yeah. That's we wanted to get a webcam, but speaking of webcams, they're sold out. Like you pay 200 or Amazon has them, but they're $200 more than they would be originally like on Best Buy that's or something crazy. like that. So I'm like, nah, I'm not, I'm not spending $300 for something that's 60 bucks. So, oh, but Jean says if I was sent an address, Yodels could magically show up the, at her door. Drake's is out of business, but I know where to get them. Oh, he's got an insider. Nope. Nope. <laughs> no Yodels, please. No quarantine 20. <laughs> no, no kidding. 
Well, I mean, it's been such a pleasure speaking with you and I'm so excited about all that you have going on and all that we can expect in the future, especially with all these different live events that we can all view. And um, I know you've had that event before with Oprah and it had Deepak Chopra, um, Quincy Jones, Yo-Yo Ma, Maria Shriver, like all these people, Alanis Morissette. And I'm just excited to see who else is going to come, whether they're I mean, already established acts like those I just mentioned, or yeah. even new ones, just to get exposed to some sometimes new talent. That's really cool. Well, so how can new talent get involved with um, Live by Live? Uh, so we have an artist team, but you can always email me or find me on LinkedIn. And every Friday night, we have Music Lives exactly On, which is... Say. <laughs> I My know. DMs are crazy with new musicians sending me new songs, so... <laughs> You put it out there. I'm just saying. That's right. No problem. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> I'm happy to help. Happy okay. to help. Listen, I don't pick the talent. So if they, you know, that's up to everybody else. Okay. Um, but I'm happy to entertain it. I'm happy to get you to the right place. But every Friday night as music lives on, um, it's from 8 p.m. to 11 Eastern Standard. And then it starts again, 8 p.m. to 11 on the West Coast. Um so I definitely suggest that and come to livexlive.com, L-I-V-E-X-L-I-V-E.com. And you'll go to the live events tab and you can always see what live events. We add events all the time. So just keep on looking and let me know what you want to hear and we'll happy uh, to help get it. That's awesome. And do you ever need athletes for marketing for Live by Live? Um, yeah, we, we need everybody marketing life by oh, life. Um, I'll take everyone. I will. So. Admit, and I do know that on podcast one, they have a couple of athletes that have their own shows they over do. there. We so do. How, do, sure. how do they go about getting on podcast one even, or do you just handle yeah. the live by live side? No, no, no. So, um, you know, we're, we're going to close that, uh, relatively soon in June as you know, the, the release said, um, but you know, if there's anybody that's interested, I have a counterpart. I'm happy to bring you over there. Um, again, I don't choose the talent, but I'm happy to introduce it. And again, it's about making sure that you have the right platform for it. But yeah, no, listen, talent comes from everywhere. Right, right. I would agree with that statement because you. it's funny that when I started my show, I was on, I think I I told you off air, I was on radio first. And even when I was on radio, like that wasn't a planned thing. I went in for an interview or he was interviewing me and it ended up becoming a show. And from that point on, I'm just, the bug has bit me and I absolutely love it. So any chance that anybody can also join in, I'm here to help as well. And we'll encourage you to her. Wait, there we go. Yeah, this is where that dyslexia kicks in. There, oh, yeah. That way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, keep moving my finger. Oh, there we go. There we go. Jackie there you will go. be the lady to help with that for sure. So I appreciate you offering that. Anytime. I'm here to help. Well, I appreciate that. Now, is there anything that you wanted to bring up or share that's coming up that everybody should be aware of? Because we're almost out of time. Yeah, no, just uh, sign up for livexlive.com for free. You don't have to spend a lot of money. Uh, Our subscription, even if you wanted to do with no ads, is only $3.99 a month. So we have the best music platform for the best price, for sure. You get all the live, you get all the audio, as many devices as you want, um, no ads, unlimited skips. 
So our, our offer is, and especially right now, it's phenomenal. And, uh, you know, just come see us as much as you can. That's fantastic. Thank you so much again for being Thanks my for guest. having me. This was so much fun. I am so grateful it's for all your wealth of information. I made a point of telling my cousin who's a chef, I was like, you got to watch. She's starting <laughs> Food Network. There <laughs> you go. What do you do next? <laughs> yep. Right. Just have a personality for the screen if you want to be on TV. Well, there we go. All right. You heard it here first. Well, thanks a lot again. Thank for you. My guest, and I look forward to seeing what more comes out of um, Live by Live. I will keep you posted. Thanks so much for having me. This is wonderful. You are a sweetheart. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate it. All right. Okay. Have a good rest of your night. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Wow. Wasn't she awesome? So much great information. I hope you were taking notes. In case you weren't, just feel free to rewind the tape and watch again. Like I'm using old school terms now. Rewind the tape. <laughs> no, just make sure you definitely share this with your, uh, with your network because you never know who might be a budding host, a musician, or even podcast. This, she had so much great information. She's willing to help. So you can reach out to her on LinkedIn as well as on Instagram. And I will have both of those um, links for you shortly on the live. Um, again, so make sure you share this. Please help me out. Don't keep me the best kept secret. The E spot is for everyone. The E is for everyone. Whether you're an entertainment entrepreneur, I'm here to help. And tomorrow, I'm so excited. I'm going to have uh, the one and only Guy Tori as my six o'clock interview. And I'm also going to have an afternoon daytime interview with Boy Bolson from Iceland. I won't know the time till later because he emailed me finally just now <laughs> while I was on the air. So I didn't get to read the dates because I wanted to make sure because of the time difference that I was thoughtful of his time and made sure that it was during a decent time. So it's not like one o'clock in the morning, his time, six o'clock, my time. I'm probably doing the math wrong, but you get the point. Anyway, so Guy Tori will be my six o'clock. I cannot wait. He's hilarious. He's an actor. He's worked on so many different things and I've interviewed with him before and he's hilarious. Like I was laughing, crying pretty much the entire interview. So I'm really excited about having him on because don't we need more laughter in our life? I would say yes. Then Wednesday, I will have Rob J as well as another comedian. Byron Brooks will be a part of the show on Wednesday. He's going to give us some fun stories about his life and share some um, couple of jokes here and there, hopefully. That will also get us right in the mood for Rob J, who's going to be telling us about his musical stuff going on. You've heard his song. He's got songs with the baby, North Carolina's own. And then, um, so that's Wednesday. Thursday, I'll have on Charmel Huffman, who is an actress, but she's also known as being Miss Black America, as well as Queen Charmel, if you ever watched WWE. And then Friday, wait, did I get there? Yeah, I'm Friday. Okay. And then Friday, I'm going to have a, my good friend, Molly Dare. She's going to be on talking about her media company. And also she has like this show that's now on Amazon. Oh, I hope it's on Amazon now that I said that out loud. That's on Amazon about exactly what we were talking about earlier as far as being involved, the social, um, your your um, commitment to social causes and how important that is and get really shining a light on those on people who are doing just that. 
getting involved in the community and making it better. So I'm really excited about this week. It's going to be a fun week of all different types who work in the entertainment industry in so many different areas. And I hope you'll join me on the eSpot every single Monday through Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern time, 3 p.m. Pacific. Please share, like, comment. The more you share and like, just like she was mentioning, it's about engagement. As long as it looks like other people are interested in the things I'm saying, the little hearts and comments are, I mean, the little hearts are great, but if you could comment, if you could like, if you could share with people who would actually be involved, who enjoy my show, it really helps me out as well. And I really appreciate it. It's free to do. So I greatly appreciate it. Thanks again. I'm Camille. Now wait for me to awkwardly find the stop button. <laughs> Thanks again. See you tomorrow.